Today I'm talking to Adam McLaughlin and we're talking about ways that you can improve your live videos. It's time. Holy nuclear time bombs. Holy overeating. Holy roller coasters. It's time. It's time. It's time for the Lion Sidekick Podcast. <laughs> Hello heroes, I'm Tom Pounder and this is the YM Sidekick Podcast. And this is where ministers come to get some cool tips and tricks and ideas on how to do ministry more effectively in this very digital and online world. And I'm really excited that you are with me today. Today I have Adam McLaughlin on, and Adam's a good friend of mine, and he has some great insights on a lot of different things, uh, but he's got some great insights on live videos. In fact, he did a blog post on it about how you can improve your live video because honestly, live video is back hot again. You know, when live video first came out, uh, years ago, it was the hot thing. I remember Meerkat, then Periscope, and now Facebook Live and YouTube Live. Now, all these different platforms were coming up with live options uh, to communicate so you could do live video. Well, it was really hot back in the day, and then, it, like everything else, it just kind of gently fades away into the sunset and that doesn't become as hot. Well, now with the coronavirus and people aren't able to see each other as much, Live video is back to being a hot thing to do. And so how do you do it effectively? Well, that's what Adam McLaughlin and I talk about today. So I'm really excited to have him on the podcast. So without any further ado, let's get in the conversation now and talk about how to improve your live video with Adam McLaughlin. All right, with me is my friend, Adam McLaughlin. Adam, long time to see, man. I know, seriously, and we were just in D.C., yeah. and, but, you know, I, I know this is playing back a little later, so this might be completely irrelevant, but right now, coronavirus. Yeah. Well, by, by the time this thing airs, it will be coronavirus still, but hopefully people will listen to it well after the coronavirus is over. Right. Gosh. Uh, so where, where are you right now? Well, right now we're hunkered down at my parents' place here in Ontario, Canada, and we just can't wait to get back on the road. So, yeah. you know, I, I feel a little bit selfish right now because I am thinking about what is best for me and not necessarily what's best for everyone. But uh, yeah. after traveling full time for, you know, uh, nearly two years now and moving every four or five days, it's a little much to be still for eight or nine weeks. Yes. Um, well, that, that, that is true. Just staying stationary. I'm, I'm going crazy just being in my house most of the day, you know, so that is uh, driving me crazy. I, I've taken a lot of walks around my neighborhood. I'll say that. Yeah, so. I hear you. And as soon as you said, hey, let's do a podcast, I thought, oh, another human being wants to talk to me. I need in on this. So yes. I'm very thankful to be here. Well, I'm glad you're here. So, okay, so let's get into what we're going to talk about today. Um, you wrote a great blog piece uh, recently uh, called Seven Ways to Improve Your Next Live Video. Okay, so let's just talk in general first before I hit on some of these ways. But um, have you seen an increase in live video recently? Because it seems like to me Live video, when it first came out, was at a peak, and everyone was doing it, and then it slowly but surely went down, but now it's spiked. Is that, is that what you're seeing? Yeah. So, I mean, live video, I think, hit Facebook a couple of years ago, 
uh, I want to say it was maybe three years ago. And so what Facebook does by nature is whenever they add in a new something or other, they put that at, you know, the highest engagement, highest probability of getting exposure because they wanted to create a culture of people doing live video. So the more you saw people doing live video, the more likely you were to try it yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas if they started with really, really low engagement because they were tentative about it, you probably wouldn't have seen very many people doing live video and there's kind of a snowball effect they try. So most recently I think about that hug emoji that they've added. Yeah. And so there's- Or even Facebook rooms. You see that at the top priority on their, on the mobile app at least. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think Facebook tries to push their newest thingamajoob or whatever that happens to be at the time. So yeah, there was definitely a spike in Facebook lives. And of course, Facebook's smart about this. They're going to a lot of big artists. They're going to a lot of the, the high audience churches and they're saying, Hey, how about you try this beta first? So that when it rolls out for everybody else, these huge audiences of people have already seen it. Right. So definitely a spike at the front. I think that's just the nature of how Facebook rolls things out. I definitely saw a dip after that. Um, Now, there were some people who were really regular with it, and they seemed to build a really great audience. I'm thinking like uh, Mike Stelzner over at Social Media Examiner, you know, because he and his team are so regular with it, they're always growing that audience. Uh, Like in your digital bootcamp group, because you are on live and you're putting videos up there regularly, we kind of expect to see it as part of the group, right? So we have that engagement there. Uh, But I think the average person kind of moved away from live or, you know, it was a shiny new object and they were trying it out at first, but they didn't really see how, you know, it was going to be part of their, what they were doing personally with, you know, pictures of food and videos of their cat. So, um, so then recently, so we're recording this in May. So, you know, it seems like 17 years ago, but it was really only a couple months ago when we all went into uh, isolation in That's March, right. there was definitely a peak in live videos. And I, I think that that's a really great thing. And, um, you know, I was talking with Ryan Wakefield the other day and the conversation we were having is that I wish churches were doing this a year ago, right? I wish churches were doing daily live devotions with their pastor a year ago. I wish churches were doing regular worship content from their own worship team um, much more regularly leading up till now. You know, it's kind of like all the things we've been forced to do are the things I've been begging churches to do for a while. And I don't mean to say I told you so, but it seems to be working. So I I hope it's not something that's going to wane off once we get back to meeting physically in person. I'm 100% in agreement with you on that. And since, I mean, we've done online campus stuff at my church for about five years now, but there is so much stuff we could have been doing, but it was because it was lower on the priority because in-person stuff, physical stuff was more important and we didn't have time for this. Well, now everybody, everybody has time for it right. now. <laughs> so Yeah, and I don't mean to say that in-person stuff isn't important or won't right. be important or hasn't been important. It right. is, and it's, you know, part of, you know, how we thrive as humans. But the reality is that your community is way more likely to experience you on social media than they are to experience you in person. And for so long, we've been putting so much emphasis on what happens in person. And, you know, I've heard churches say everything from like, we're trying to create a fear of missing out if you don't come on Sunday. 
And I'm like, okay, maybe for your people who've been coming every single Sunday and never missed a Sunday for 20 years, that's, that's probably the case. They would very much miss being at church on Sunday, but your community isn't anxious because they're missing out on something you're doing in person. They don't even know you're doing something in person because they have no way to connect with you online. And you know, Hey, we need three volunteers tomorrow morning for nursery is not an effective social media strategy. So I I just think live video is the way, sorry, and rant. I I feel like live (laughs) video is the way to, or a way to connect in person. Uh, okay. Even way more than pre-recorded, pre-reduced, uh, pre-produced video. Right. Uh, again, you with the pre-recorded stuff, you get high production value. But I think people want to see the authenticity and the realness of a live video more so than they want to see the the production. So, yeah, okay, and so, I think there's a place for both. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. I agree. Also. So, um, okay. So if we're going to do live video well, we've got to do it well. And you highlight seven of them, seven things that you should be doing. I'm only going to get on a few, uh, and then I'll direct everyone to your, um, your website. But one of the first things that you highlight, and I think it's, it's very, um, like, it just seems like, well, duh, but it, it, it is really significant. You say be in a quiet place. Talk to me about that and why that's important in a live video. Well, what would be entertaining right now is if one of my kids burst through the door and had to ask me to tie a shoe or something like that would just that would just set the stage for this answer. But I I have a friend and he is very, very good at video. Uh, And uh, he's obviously been working a lot with this church and, and producing a lot of video content recently. And I've also been like dabbling my feet a little bit in video and, and trying to get my feet wet. And, and I asked him for some feedback the other day. And he said to me, a good video is 70% good audio and mm. only 30% what you do with coloration and shots and edits and titles and all those other things. He said in his world, audio is what makes or breaks. And, and I, I so agree with him once I thought about this because even if you're doing a live video and somebody puts it on while they're making lunch for their kids or they're going to put it on while they're out for a jog or uh, you know, they're going to put it on while they're driving in their car, all of those references are basically audio only, yeah. right? Or maybe they're referencing the screen once in a while, but mostly they're listening to your audio. Mm-hmm. Compared to, I don't know how many videos, I would guess very few, where somebody is going to watch your entire live video only on video with no audio, right? right? Because audio still communicates something as a standalone piece. That's why podcasts work so well. Video doesn't communicate anything as a standalone piece. So the quality of your audio is really a factor as to how long people will stay connected with you, how frequently they'll tune back in, and how well they'll get what you're trying to communicate. I I was talking with another friend, and uh, they said that they stopped actually watching their church during the stay at home thing because their church's video had this that went the entire service. So Mm. they found other places to watch church online because simply because their audio wasn't great. So, you know, I I have a, a story that I like to tell and this is, is really interesting that it's your podcast, Tom, because (laughs) the story I like to tell is that, 
Um, you know, one of the things that we find as a challenge when we're traveling is at campgrounds, we can only control what happens inside our trail or our, our RV. We can't control what happens outside. And I remember the last uh, ebook that I wrote. Uh, yes, I think it was Huddle Up. I was going to do an interview with you on your podcast about it. And right when we were about to go live, the owner of the campground comes by with the leaf blower. Right. That was so, it. That was it. So outside, you can hear this guy like, and I said, I'm sorry, Tom, I'm going to have to do this another day. Yeah. And the reason is because if you're hearing that in the background, you're not going to be paying attention to what I'm saying. Yeah. It's just going to be distracting. So don't have music playing in the background. Um, try and find a quiet place for your kids to be or your, something for your kids to do or ask mm -hmm whoever else is with you to watch the kids or whatever that looks like, or go to the car. I don't know how many podcast interviews I've done in the car <laughs> because it's, it's isolated and it's quiet. Yeah. Uh, and then things like yesterday, I was about to do a live video and my window was open and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to close this window in case the neighbor starts their lawnmower or something like that. So be intentional with, with what you can control Use a headset mic like we're doing right now. Instead of just talking into a computer, it'll, it'll give you much better audio quality. Uh, so it doesn't take a lot. Uh, it doesn't take a whole bunch of equipment to get great audio quality. And especially if you're just being authentic and live, stick in your phone headset, stare at your phone, and, and uh, try to control your audio as much as possible. And if something happens like your kid runs in, just acknowledge that. Yeah. Right. And say like, oh, who else is working from home today? You know, it's you, you, you can't ignore it. You have to address it, yeah. but do whatever you can to, to create a clean audio space. Well, I, I agree completely with you. And, you know, here's the one thing that, you know, again, because we're on video a lot, whether it's live video or, or on a Zoom conference call or something like that. You know, I, I know that we actually recorded a parents um, gathering that my uh, my senior pastor led the parents gathering on zoom and he did not close out his mail app. And so every time he got a, a, um, a, uh, a email, it would ding and it dinged a bunch. I mean, he's a senior guy and it done. I mean, it was a 45 minute thing and he would did. And here's the crazy thing. You even, because he wasn't leading it, he was just participating in it. You even got to hear when he would respond because it makes that swish noise. So you're like, he's not even paying attention. <laughs> so it's so important to get rid of those distractions and be in that quiet place. I closed my mail app. I learned the hard way uh, one time when I was recording the thing that you got to create that, that quiet environment. So Yeah, and even things that you might not notice are going on. Like if you have a fan on in the room, well, you might not notice it because you've had the fan on for hours, but on your microphone, you might have this underlying like yep. kind of sound, right? That's so right. you want to turn off like even, okay, so I'm in my parents' office, which I've commandeered for the last few weeks. Yeah. Next to me is the bathroom. Even if the bathroom vent was on, when I'm not talking, you would probably hear that and that can get really distracting. Yeah. Yeah. So finding a quiet place is really important. And just as important is lighting. Your yes. lighting is so important. That's one of your other points. Talk to me about that. Well, so there are some really obvious things. I'm not suggesting we need to set up studio lighting, but there are some really obvious things uh, that you can do to improve your lighting. And one of those things is you can sit in front of a window so that a window faces you. 
right? And even if it's dusk or even if it's early morning, the amount of natural light you can get will, you know, light up your face. You don't want the light behind you. So you don't want to be sitting in front of the window with the window behind you. You don't want a lamp behind you because what your camera will do is automatically adjust to the brightest point on your video. Mm -hmm. So if the brightest point on your video is the lamp behind you, then you now become a silhouette. And there's a reason that, you know, when we were in person and when we're going to be in person again, we light up people's faces who are on stage because seeing someone's face is an important factor in how we communicate with them. And it communicates way more than just the words. And so if you have a light behind you or you have the window open behind you or the patio doors behind you or whatever, and you're just a silhouette, people are not able to see your face as well as if you just close the blind or turn off that light behind you or move it to in front of you. Um, you know, just make sure that the light that's hitting you is from the front or from an angle from one of the sides and not from behind you. Yeah, I would agree. And you actually have a great illustration of this on your blog. You actually took a picture of yourself uh, in front of, in front of a window with it wide open and then in front of your window with it closed. And it was a significant difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I didn't change any of my lighting when I, when I closed, I basically took a picture, closed the blind, took a picture and put those two pictures next to each other on that blog. So I didn't change lighting or camera settings or anything. So it's helpful illustration, I hope. Yeah. And I, I like the point you made about natural lighting a little bit. Talk to me a little bit more about natural lighting if you, if you can on that. Yeah. So God was the best lighting designer that's ever been <laughs> on. Yeah. I would say on the face of the earth, but that's probably the wrong analogy. I can't think of the right way to say it right in the universe, the best lighting director on the universe, uh, natural lighting, uh, just creates this consistent glow, this consistent wash when you're doing lighting. Um, compared to a light bulb, which has hot spots, and the light bulb deals with color temperatures and a whole bunch of technical things, you know. Uh, there's a reason, like, I have a, there's a white light, like a bright white in the ceiling. And so next to me, I've put a light with a warm light, right, mm -hmm. which is kind of that yellowish look. Yeah. And I do that on purpose because I want my face to light up with a warm look, like I'm sitting in somebody's home and having a conversation with them. I don't want my face to light up with the harsh white look like we're sitting in an office building and I'm giving, you know, having an HR meeting or something like that, right? So naturally speaking, your outdoor light is warmer light. It helps light up your space. It helps light up your face. Um, and also I have a light beside or I have a window beside me that I have open right now and it's all the way open when I'm doing a call. And you could probably see that, Tom, on the, mm -hmm. the highlight on my face. And then a window behind me here that when I'm working, I open it up because it lets all kind of light in, all kinds of light in. But when I'm doing video, I close it because I don't want the brightness of that window to be what my camera attunes to. I want it to adjust to the brightness of where the light's hitting my face. Yeah, that's great. That, that is great feedback. Would you, would you recommend someone getting one of those ring lights? So I like ring lights in the sense that they do allow you to be straight on, right? Mm -hmm. So you can put it around your camera lens and the light is straight on, which is great. One thing I don't love uh, is when a light is really far to the side 
and you're getting hot spots mm. and low spots, okay? It just doesn't look natural. It kind of looks like the bad guy peering out from the shadows in the movie where they intentionally make one half of the face really dark and one half of the face like just a little bit so you can see what's going on, right? I don't love that. So I yeah. like ring lights, but I, I do know that they do present a challenge for people with glasses because yes. glasses can be so reflective. That's right. It is a common, I love the ring light. I'm like, this is great. I got a ring light. And then I'm starting to record and you see the rings on my glasses <laughs> and it's like, okay, that's distracting. I mean, it, I mean, it just is. So I actually had to record a video. I recorded a video. I'm like, well, I screwed that one up. I'm going to have to go <laughs> record it again and, and reposition. So that's an important factor to consider. So, so if somebody is looking on, let's say Amazon, they're going to buy a ring light then I would recommend one that gives you what's called that color temperature adjustment because yeah. you want to be able to adjust that ring light to a warm white yeah. instead of uh, what they call a bright white. And yeah. It, yeah. Or if you buy a ring light that doesn't have a color temperature adjustment, then buy a warm one because yeah. you'll, you'll never think to yourself, oh, I wish I could look like I was more of an office building at this moment <laughs> right you're always right. going to say i wish i could look like i was more inviting sitting in someone's living room or you know sitting out on the deck having a coffee together and so that kind of look is a warm light yeah no that's great that's great feedback okay so last one i want to hit on i think is a really important one uh and i you would agree ask for engagement yes talk to me about that well, one of the reasons we go live on social media, Facebook specifically, is that Facebook uh, prefers live video to pre-recorded content. They're mm -hmm. more likely to share live video with more people um, if it's live than if it's pre-recorded. I said that all wrong, but you know what I mean. Your listeners yeah. are smart. They'll figure me out. Yeah. So, um the the reason we're going live is because we know we're going to get more engagement and more exposure on social media. But one of the challenges that I see is that a lot of pastors are not used to stopping and asking for engagement. You know, a lot of pastors are used to, you know, maybe they're the culture of their church is that they just deliver the message. Maybe the culture of their church is they deliver the message and people respond naturally and wherever they fall on that spectrum, they're very rarely saying, hey, you know, how do you take your coffee? Leave it in the comments. Like that just doesn't happen uh, on Sunday morning when we're at church, right? right. Uh, and so I think we have to make some adjustments to recognize that we need to intentionally ask for engagement. So you could start by saying like, hey, good morning, everybody. I'm drinking my, oops. Woo. I'm drinking my iced coffee right now. Hey, how do you take your coffee? Is it, is it hot or cold? How do you love taking your coffee? Uh, just leave it in the comments. Let us know. Let's, you might surprise a friend, right? And so you start with just something to create engagement. So one of my tricks, and I'm sure your listeners are like, yeah, we know, Adam. We see it all the time. It's kind of irritating. But I say like, hey, this is, you know, I'm trying something new today. Can you hear me? If you can hear me, leave it in the comments. Let me know in the comments that you can hear me. I want to be sure you can hear me, right? Right. And and people will be like, yeah, I can hear you. Stop asking. And, or like uh, the other one I'll do is like, hey, where are you watching from? You know, I am. I'm at my parents' house in Ontario, Canada right now. Where are you watching from? I would love to know. Or I might say like, oh, you know, so-and-so is watching from Idaho. How's the weather there today? And I'm I'm 
talking back to the people who are leaving comments. I'm treating it like a conversation. Mm -hmm. And hopefully as they leave more comments and they reply to something I'm saying, then that is the engagement that Facebook likes to see. So they end up showing it to more and more people. And so they say like, hey, you know, Bob likes golfing and he also likes Amazon and he also likes you too. And he it goes to Adam's church. So he, he's on Adam's feed. But Jerry also likes golfing and Amazon and you too. I wonder if Jerry, who shares a lot of the same interests as Bob, might also like to see this broadcast. And you say, so if Bob comments and clicks emojis and all kinds of things, then Facebook's more likely to go, hey, let's see if we can show it to Jerry. Rather than if Bob doesn't say anything, Facebook might make the assumption, okay, Bob's really not interested in this the way that Sue is, because Sue's liking and commenting and sharing. And so you have to intentionally ask for that engagement. Organically, it might happen on its own, um, but really asking for it is a way to almost guarantee that it happens, right? Because if I said to you, Tom, what's the weather like today? It's very unlikely that you're going to sit there and not respond, right? right? So if we're asking questions to people who are watching, then you you create that engagement. So what I like to do is I like to ask a question up front. It's usually the, can you hear me question? Or like the, where are you watching from question? Stuff that people don't really have to think much about in order to answer really low barrier to entry. That's what's coming up right at the top. I don't want to start with like, what's the number one spiritual theology you're struggling with at the moment, right? Like, or, or what's your favorite Bible verse for, for dealing with pneumonia? I mean, you, you just wouldn't like, you, you don't want to jump there, right? right? Like, or what's your favorite, favorite Bible verse that talks about the law of sowing and reaping? Leave it in the comments. You don't start there, right? Right. You start with like the, you know, you, you might start with something as easy like click the thumbs up if you're watching from home, click the heart if you're uh, away from your home, like you're in the car, or you're on a jog or you're at the park or whatever, right? Yeah. So really low barrier of entry. Then somewhere in the middle, you're going to ask middle questions. And the middle questions are related to the topic, but you might ask something like, you're asking them to give you information about what they want to hear. So, hey, today we're talking about, um, you know, being engaged as a family while we're at home together, right? So, hey, you know, we've just talked about point one, two, and three. If you have a question about what it's like to be at home with the family, or if you have a question about X or Y, or if you have a question about, something that's going on at your house, then leave it now in the comments. That's a good middle question. And then an ending question or ending engagement is giving people a call to action because you know people later, you know, three weeks from now might watch this video or three hours from now might watch this video. So the ending engagement asks people to engage after the video's live. So you might say, hey, Thanks everybody for hanging out today. And even if you weren't able to join us live, if you're watching this after we're live, leave a question in the comments. I'll make sure that I reply myself. Or um, visit this website or sign up for this or download that thing we talked about here. Uh, And so you want to create an opportunity for people watching later to continue to engage. 
Yeah, that's all great feedback because I, I think, again, the, the, the misconception I think we get is we go on live and we just want to tell people a bunch of information and whatnot. And, and that's like the, the thing of social media. You go on there and you just tell people a bunch of – but realistically, you're looking for a conversation. You're looking right. for engagement. You want to engage people watching because the more engaged they are, the more they're going to stick with you and stay with you longer. And so I think that's an important thing to do. And I do like how you have on your blog, you have um, three, just some intro questions to think about, some starter questions, middle engagement and ending. You you highlighted that stuff, but you actually gave a few different things, questions that they can uh, think about uh, from their vantage point to share with whoever's watching their thing. So that's fantastic. Dude, this is a, this is great content. You, you've been pumping out a bunch of stuff lately. Listen, Um, I feel like I'm on fire and hopefully it's not going out anytime soon. And also I, I feel like a little bit like I'm on fire. So (laughs) (laughs) well, that's great. All kinds of content because I know this is an opportunity for churches to make a change and, and, and make a pivot. And what I'm really hoping is that, everything that we've learned during this time of not being able to meet in person continues as we continue to meet in person. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that people continue to want to engage with their community. And so I keep writing about that and making content about that because I'm hoping people don't give up on that. Yeah. Eventually people are going to meet back in person to some degree, whatever that is. Uh, but hopefully the lessons learned we get now, we're going to be able to take with us and keep on going with and, and rolling with it. So I, I think that'd be great, great stuff. I mean, uh, yeah, there's lots of great things to learn. Well, Adam, where can people find you and as you're continuing to write and as you're on social media? Well, the best place to track me down is net, which is like the silver medal of domain names. If anybody knows who owns the .com, I'd like it, please. <laughs> but anyway, adammclaughlin.net. And uh, all my social media channels are there. Uh, YouTube links to the pod, my podcast and my blog and this post and all that kind of fun stuff is all right there at adammclaughlin.net. Yeah, you've got some great stuff uh, um, on there. You actually interviewed me about Twitter, that you know, and so you know, I'm, I'm on your podcast too. So if people want to hear that, you know, you can hear us about talk about Twitter. You know, <laughs> exactly. That was a great interview. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, hey, thanks. You know, I pat myself on the back. Okay, <laughs> so all right, Adam. As always, it's great having you on the podcast. Stay stay healthy, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Tom. All right, so there you have it. My conversation with Adam. It's always great having him on and. Appreciated him sharing some insights on live video. You know, live video is back and better than ever. You know, we recorded this towards the beginning of the pandemic. Um, and now, even months later, uh, it is still back and uh, better than ever. More people are doing live video. It's an important tool to use as you're trying to reach people for Christ or in whatever context you're using it for. But I would encourage you to take some of these tips and apply it into your next video and see what you can do. I, I did that when I was doing this. Uh, and well, actually, I'm still doing live videos. And I did the lighting thing. That The lighting one was a big deal for me. Uh, and so I had to make some adjustments on how I did that. because, And that made a huge impact. So I would love to hear your thoughts on it. What, what stood out to you as you also went to Adam's blog post and saw the other hints and tips to improve your live video? What, what, what have you learned from this? I would love to hear your thoughts. 
Uh, as always, you can go and share your thoughts on Twitter at TA Pounder. Uh, highlight me on that when you share your thoughts. I would love to hear what you're learning about live video, even if it's something that Adam and I didn't focus on. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. So let's keep this conversation rolling on Twitter. Again, at TA Pounder is my Twitter handle. All right, heroes. Well, that's it for today. Uh, as always, you can go to subscribe to it on iTunes or Spotify. I'd love to you for I'd love for you to do that. Uh, also, if you want to get more of my content, you can go to ymsidekick.com. And if you want to learn some cool digital tools and tips as we're going through this pandemic, join the Facebook group, the Digital Bootcamp. Uh, I've got all those links in my show notes. So all you have to do is just click the link and join the Digital Bootcamp, where we've got all ministers from all different backgrounds. Uh, and all different jobs, uh, learning digital tools to help us expand our reach for Christ uh, each and every day. So we would love for you to do that. All right, heroes, well, I hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and I'll talk to you soon. Have a great one.